0: Hey everyone, my name is Buzz Hannon, and I'm one of the pastors here at Three Crosses, and I'm so grateful that you came out to Church Online today for the conclusion of our Thrive in Place series. Now, I don't know about you, but I am almost to my limit about making everything around the coronavirus, you know? I brought my mask today, a beautiful shade of what I call Weezer blue. If you grew up when I did, you'll know the reference there. You can see my beautiful head that Tara, my wife, cut at home. I kinda wanna start like an Instagram account called Corona Cuts, you know, where we're all sharing what we look like after being unkempt for a few months. You know, she found these scissors in our garage after the move and they were oily and painful to get this beautiful fade on the side. And then she got to pick basically between our poultry shears in our Cutco knife block or the Fisker scissors that my kids have for kindergarten. You know, the safety scissors that kids have guaranteed not to cut their fingers or really anything else of note. and I'm teasing a little bit, but like, I'm just sick of suffering at home. And this one reason that I've really loved this series that Danny has brought for us, Thrive In Place. What does it mean to endure well, to be rooted in growth in the word? And then today we're gonna talk about having been rooted. How can we love well, like God loves us? You know, this season has just made me feel so fragmented inside, you know, like, Like, I just need to take a deep breath, gather myself, integrate myself, and then move forward. I began to struggle a little bit with my desires here in this season. You know, I thought, man, this is going to be a great time to catch up on my books, maybe catch up on my shows, maybe clean out that garage that I was always supposed to have cleaned out. Maybe it's time to work on some skills that I've been putting off. You know, my son's learning piano. Maybe I can learn piano alongside him, and I just felt so many different directions. And then when the world went upside down with church and work and family and school, I felt like a thousand tiny little confetti pieces all over the place. And I need to integrate, regather, endure, grow, and love like God calls us to do. You know, because if we come out of this season with a clean garage and a new blog and caught up on my shows, but I didn't invest time in the Word and I didn't invest time in my relationship with God, like, what have we done? You know, investing in relationships with others feels even difficult. Now, this is a time unprecedented in human history, it feels like, where we're scattered all over, trapped in our homes, yet still hyper-connected. I can pull out my phone or my computer or my Zoom at any time and call anyone anywhere in the world, yet I feel so alone and trapped. And you know, there's pluses and minuses to this. There's people watching right now, I think, from all over the world, people in my hometown that are gathering, church online. It's a miracle. There's people from our missions partners like Cambodia and Romania. If you guys are here, put your name in the chat. We love having you. What a miracle that this time has given us. You know, in fact, a couple weeks ago, I taught a course in the Romanian Bible school from my kitchen table. That's a miracle. How can we do those things? Yet I still feel so fragmented and lonely because as even I remain hyper-connected, there's no tangibility, there's no closeness, there's no conversation, there's no physical touch, there's none of that expressed love it doesn't feel like, does there? And this is why I love the scripture, right? It, it gives us wisdom that what feels unprecedented in human history really is just endemic to the human condition. Things like feeling fragmented and lonely and scattered and yet needing to regather and integrate and drive after a place of true and deep and lasting love is exactly the message of First Peter in some ways. And so I'd love to hop into the book of First Peter with you and, and see what he says. You know, even at, at verse 1, he says, this letter is written to people spread out all over the world. And isn't that us? We're spread out. We're scattered. There's a term for that called diaspora, which just means spread out all over. And that's us. In many ways, this letter is... For us, And so Peter is going to unpack for us what we can do once we've endured and once we've grown, if you're feeling scattered, if you're feeling fragmented, if those you love are not close with you, this is the word of the Lord for you today. Let's pick it up in chapter 1, verse 22. And he says this, he says, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass. Their glory is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. You know, last week, Danny shared with us from Psalm 1, uh, this analogy that this tree is rooted by streams of water, which bears its fruit in season. And here Peter is picking up on that same sort of agricultural analogy that there's this withering and there is this fading, yet there is an enduring quality to the word of the Lord. You know, Danny's word to us last week was not to change your behavior so much as it is to change your desires. And now Peter says, now that you have purified yourself by obeying the truth, being born again of perishable, or excuse me, of imperishable seed, now we get to go and love one another. This love that we have is the result of being rooted in his word and rooted in his love. Like, look at these three words that Peter uses to describe that type of love here, sincere and deeply and from the heart. And as I was reading the scriptures, I sometimes I like to listen to Spotify when I'm at home and studying, and um, come to find out, my kids have figured out a way to log into my own Spotify account, and they listen also while they're doing their homework. And so here I was, studying the Word and listening to my amazing, like, 90s playlist, like things which were cool, when I was growing up, I was never cool, do not be deceived, right? And my kids are trying to listen to Star Wars soundtrack, because I raised them right, but it kept hopping back and forth between the songs. And I was just trying to listen to amazing bands like Savage Garden. You guys remember Savage Garden? They had this one hit wonder, truly, madly, deeply. And I looked back at my scripture and it was like sincere and deep and from the heart. And I was like, wow, this is like a prophecy from the Lord through the lips of this music artist who is not talking about enduring love of Jesus Christ. But man, I remember that song and how much it moved me. And then I thought about it again and I was like, I haven't heard anything from Savage Garden since like 1997. I thought that this song would be enduring and cool for forever. And yet Savage Garden has kind of faded away in a bit. In a way, it's a bit ironic that their band name is Garden. And here we are talking about the withering and fading of grass and flowers. And they've faded away as a relevant musical force. Apologies if you're out there, Savage Garden. I mean, you did touch me that one time. Remember that? But this This love that our world tries to sell, which is true and mad and deep, it fades away. It's just so different than the enduring and unchanging and imperishable love that God has for us. And sometimes people express this love, which we think will be for forever because we've given it our best shot. We've put all of our emotions into it. We've put all of our feelings and our creativity into it. And yet it still fades. How do we have love which will not fade like the love that God has for us. A love which began before the foundations of the earth, which will continue until the end of time and even beyond. How do we have an eternally unchanging, unfading, imperishable love like that? It takes endurance. It takes rootedness and growth in the word. It takes a changing of our heart into the desires that the Lord has for us. It takes more than willpower. It takes the very help of God himself. But he stands poised to give that to us. It was just like it says in 1 Corinthians 1, 13, that love endures all things and love never fails. You know, in the shelter at home season, so much of what I've experienced, it feels like, is just like make it to what's next, right? Like next week, I'll have more time. I have said that for like eight weeks now. Call my dad, how's it going? Well, next week, things will calm down. Tomorrow, things will be better. After work, I'll finally get to whatever. And I'm just looking at this short finish line right in front of me and wishing that I had more time in my day, more time in my week. And then that's exactly the same excuse that I had before, like when things calmed down. If I didn't have to commute to work, I'd have all this time. And if we just had the kids at home without all these activities, we'd have all this time. And whenever I get around to it, I'll clean that garage. And I find myself that these excuses were never about the circumstances. The excuses were about my inability to endure and to not quit. Like Danny told us last week, I've got to change my desires because an enduring, never giving up, sincere and deep and from the heart love cannot be hurried. We have to sit in it and grasp it now, lest it pass us by. It's not about working harder and devoting more time in your daytime or to love. It's about allowing yourself to reflect that eternal and deep and unchanging love that God had for you. So much so that he bought you by his blood and by his sacrifice and made you a part of his family. Since you have been born again with that imperishable seed, that ability to grow, which does not wither, which does not fail, therefore love in an enduring way. This is the message of 1 Peter 1. You know, I don't know if you have planted a garden before. You know, this is something we love to do with our boys. Um, Tara's dad loved to grow vegetables. I remember my grandparents growing up, we had rhubarb and asparagus, and uh, I wasn't able to help that much, but I sure loved to help eat it. And as we plant this garden, we've realized a couple things. Here, You know, it's just barely May, and our rose bushes are already dying. I don't know if that's user error or just how the season has gone, but we got a new bush last year and it sprouted two beautiful blooms and now they're faded and drooping and gone. Like two weeks of blossom. And my vegetables out back, like half of my seeds have sprouted, half of them haven't, half of the starts that I got at Home Depot have been eaten by birds, half of them are doing amazing. There are seeds growing from vegetables we planted last year. My grandma called those volunteer crops. And it's the squash that was gross that we didn't want, but it's everywhere in my garden. It feels like the work that I try to put in to make it grow, it just backfires left and right. And it's just kind of like, here it is, you get what you get. And I remember that God is the one who causes the work of growth, not just in my vegetable garden, but in my heart, You know, like what I try to cultivate in my heart, what I try to prosper in my heart, what I wish was growing in my heart doesn't always match what grows. Sometimes my evil desires sprout bloom. Sometimes my laziness sprouts a bloom. And so rarely am I able to prune and clip and cultivate by my own efforts, something which grows and looks very Christ-like. I have to allow God to prune me as that master gardener. If my grass isn't going to wither and if my flower isn't going to fade, I have to make it look like God himself, right? Who endures for forever. And 1 Peter 1 tells us that uh, this seed that he has planted won't corrupt and it won't die. Paul puts it another way in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 where he tells us that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He will not let his love fail in your own life. And we think about love and Sometimes it feels almost theoretical. Here in First Peter, I struggled with that a bit in preparation for this because it, it felt like such an internal, such a, a feeling, such a knowledge-motivated thing. You know, even these silly songs like I was talking about, Truly, Madly, Deeply, it feels like that that's fake. Like you can't really believe these people who sing these songs and then their songs fade away. What does real, true, sincere, deep, from-the-heart love look like? What is First Peter getting at when he tells us this is the kind of love you need to have for one another? And I wanna invite you down here into 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8 because Peter gives us some specifics and he unpacks some aspects of what this love might look like. He gives us some clarity about how we can actually demonstrate this type of love one for another. I would love to walk through each of these clauses, give you some points as well as a practical step that you can take even in the shelter at home season to demonstrate the type of love that first Peter tells us is enduring and long lasting and imperishable because of your rootedness in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so number one, I think that Peter tells us that love looks like unity. He tells us this in verse eight which says, finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. This verse really struck me this week because I remembered the last live service that we had at Three Crosses, right before everything went into shutdown, was about biblical compassion. And I had the privilege of sharing from the stage about what it looks like to demonstrate Christ's compassion one to another. And Peter here, I think, is connecting an enduring love to some of those same principles, that compassion takes courage, that compassion is slow, that compassionate is others-centered. You can't love one another if you're not engaged with other people. But here at Shelter at Home, that takes a little bit of work, doesn't it? And so I want to encourage you this week to find a way to work a little bit to connect with someone. You know, you can always connect with someone by praying for them. You know, do you have others on your prayer list? Maybe it's your small group. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your coworkers. Maybe it's your neighbors. Are you praying for people? I think as you pray for them, the Lord will show you how to love them better. You can also reach out and do a Zoom call or a FaceTime or a Google Hangout. You know, I've talked to my parents and some of my family more during the shelter at home season than I used to. I think people are looking for that connection. We always could have done that, but it felt like now the circumstances are such that we're looking for that. You know, here at Three Crosses, we have connect groups online. We have after parties for our morning services. We have daily devos, Monday through Friday. We have after parties for those. We have some different online special events. We have ways to gather even while scattered. It takes a little bit of work to gather together, but if love looks like unity, which I think 1 Peter 3 tells us that it does, you've got to become unified. And let me tell you that as we unify one with another, if you're just finding people so that you can talk and tell everybody your problems and vent a little bit and finally have a way to demonstrate outward energy, you might be doing love wrong. You know, of compassionate humility, bearing one another's burdens is the marks of 1 Peter chapter 3. Maybe my challenge for you this week is to be a listener. Can you reach out some to somebody this week? Make a connection so that you can listen to them? Not so that you can talk to them, but so that you can be a listener? Man, that kind of humble, other-serving love is the enduring love that 1 Peter 1 talks about. So love looks like unity. Can you find somebody to be a listener for this week? You know, the second thing I think that love looks like here in 1 Peter 3 is that love looks like forgiveness. Here in verse 9, Peter goes on to write, he says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but on the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because this you were called to, so that you might inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. You know, Peter walked and talked and and lived with Jesus, and Jesus had something very similar to say in his teaching. Do not repay evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. Speak blessing, don't speak evil one to another. And while we're scattered and while we're sheltered at home, I think our speech looks different. You know, I've noticed that in a couple ways. And, and, And number one, like I feel like I'm just much more terse at home. I have a lack of patience. I feel like I've internalized so much stress just from the world and workplace and financial situations and... It feels more bothersome to be interrupted by my kids or spoken to even by my wife. And it just, the stress which is out there, I've brought it in here and began expressing that in words and and shortness. And we really need to keep a lid on our tongues. This enduring, patient, long-lasting, forever love is not expressed with a quick and sharp word. Watch your tongue, guard your speech, especially for those closest to you and in your own home. But I've also seen it kind of filtering out of our house and on our social media outputs and some of these more public venues. Are we keeping from slander? Are we demonstrating a peaceable nature? Are we loving our neighbors? Or do we find ourselves with quarrelsome and envy and slanderous type comments and posts? Like this is the only venue we have to communicate. Are we demonstrating the love and forgiving love and repaying evil with good type love that the scripture calls us to? This week I wanna challenge you to find somebody out there that you need to just forgive instead of clapping back at. Maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's an employer who treated you wrong. Maybe it's somebody that even before coronavirus you had something in your heart against them. Can you call that out and forgive them this week? I'd love for you to make it practical and tangible and write a letter to them You don't have to send it necessarily. Maybe you can bury it in your backyard with that list that Danny had us write a couple of weeks back. But the act of writing it down, getting it out of your heart and onto the paper and sailing it away, you will release yourself. And it says here that whoever would love life and see good days in 1 Peter 3.10 must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. And so if you want to love life and if you want your days to be better, don't carry that evil in your heart, that bitterness or that hurt. Let it go. Jesus says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I encourage you to cast those cares on him this week as we thrive in place. And the third thing Peter tells us here in 1 Peter 3 is that love looks like action. He says here in verse 11, they must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. You know, Jesus said it this way. He said, whoever gives to somebody even a cup of cold water in my name, like just the smallest act of kindness, like that's a real demonstration of tangible, active love for one another. So love, even in the shelter in place season, is not internal just in your heart or mental just in your mind or just on your paper or just on your computer. It is tangible, it is active, and sometimes we have to seek it and pursue it, and that takes work. And we have an amazing group of volunteers here at three crosses who have done just that we have sought peace and we have pursued the good of our neighbor through our cross streets ministry and through our emerging neighborhood resource center i want to invite pastor vance who's prepared a little video for us to give us a a little bit of an insight into what this ministry does to care for our neighbor to seek peace and pursue good as we love one another in this season let's hear from vance
1: hello and welcome my name is vance hunter and i serve as the pastor here at the Three Crosses Neighborhood Resource Center. As we all know, COVID-19 has hit our nation and our communities very hard. So here at Three Crosses, we want to make a difference. And so what we've done is we've converted our gymnasium back behind me into a resource center where there's thousands of pounds of food stored. As a matter of fact, 42,000 pounds of food have been stored each week uh, since we've opened up. And what we do with that is provide food for our neighbors, thousands upon thousands of families that will drive through the door behind me. There'll be a drive through tomorrow and every other Saturday. They don't even have to get out of their cars. Our volunteers will bring food uh, to their vehicles. In addition to serving food, we're also providing them with a a flyer here that talks about our web page. Also, we have a a beautiful track here that shares a. the good news of Jesus Christ where those who are driving up, who want to engage in that type of conversation, we will. We're excited about what we're doing here because it reminds me of also what happened in the early church. We see it in Acts 2:45 where the church shared its resources with those in need. Hey again, we want to thank you church. God bless you. It's time to get back to work.
0: I Man, every time I see the good that God is doing through the simple acts of generosity of people, I'm amazed and I'm astounded. And I think sometimes I underestimate what that simple act of love can be. You know, I wanna encourage you this week, how can you likewise seek and pursue peace and tangible love for your neighbor? Maybe that's literally your neighbor next door who you need to call and ask if they need groceries. Maybe there's an elderly person on your street who can't quite get out. Maybe you know a single parent can you imagine getting to the store with your kids and trying to find a babysitter in a time like this? It's unbelievable. Can you contact them and find out what do they need? Can you bring them something? Can you DoorDash them a meal? And when you DoorDash, can you tip generously? Can you show people who are in an economically unstable climate that the Lord cares for them and here's some tangible money to prove it? If you wanna get involved with what we're doing up here at Three Crosses, you can go to threecrosses.org neighborhood and find out how you can volunteer or maybe you're one in need who needs to receive some of that tangible love from our church family. You can go right to that same link and let us know. We love you and we want to care for you. Whether this is your first time at Three Crosses or whether you have been here literally since birth, the Lord has loved you since before the foundations of the world and we want to demonstrate that with you in word and in deed. So my challenge for you this week is to find some way to volunteer, whether it's through threecrosses.org slash neighborhood, whether that's through our connect card here at the top of the page, or whether that's through reaching out to a neighbor. Can you do something active to show generous love for your neighbor? And as we finish up this Thrive in Place series, we're not done enduring, we're not done growing, and I surely hope that we're not done loving. You know, like First Peter 1 reminded us that the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And if you want to bring that word of the Lord, those things which the Lord is like, those things which the Lord says, those things which the Lord does to your city this week, you can do it by His grace.